All right, folks, welcome back to the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. Right now, we're about to play part two of episode 86, Footprints in the Sand, with Mr. Pernell Lucas. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Was he trying to make an example out of you? He made an example out of the dude before me. He made me, I had a white judge, and his name was Judge Collier. I never forget him. I don't, I don't like him, because what he did was fucked up. He made, he gave somebody life. i never oh. seen somebody give, get life, bro. He made me sit and watch him give that dude life in front of me. After I literally sat there in that elevator downstairs in the holding cell, listen to that dude. The black dude would dress. I never forget his face. I don't know his name. But he was literally telling me, I did not do any of this fucking shit. And he's like, I don't even know. Like, he's like, I didn't do any of this shit. He hmm. said, they always got some shit. They always got some fucking shit. You know, getting fucking life. And I'm sitting here like, his whole family's in the fucking crowd and everything, bro. And I'm sitting there like, it's fucking crazy. But he ended up giving me... I was supposed to get five years. Uh-huh. They ended up they ended up giving me zero to six months just to you know show me whatever. I only did three months. Mercy, but I trying to show you mercy. A, huh? But it's trying to show you mercy, right? Uh, yeah. If you if you months, or he was just trying to throw me in there. So you're supposed to do you the worst you could have got was five years, and he gave you zero to six months. So six months, that's it. I actually only did three. For trespassing. For actually. Yeah, for trespassing. I, yeah, for That's trespassing. Ridiculous. So, it's just that you know, um, you know, like like I said, that was a rough time during my life, you know. But I learned so much. Like, was your I, mom still sick the whole time while this was happening? What is she? My mom, she's probably distraught, right? She's probably like, oh, I'm yeah. going through all this stuff, and she's her baby's getting locked up. Does she ever yeah. talk to you? Does that does that moment happen where she talks to you like a man now instead of a baby? No, not like I said, I don't, we don't get that emotional conversation like that. You know, my parents always made sure I was good when I was in there. You know, I am, when I talked to them, I had my chance to talk to them. I know I'm good. You know, I'm straight. Um, Nobody's bothering me in here. You know, I'm, I'm good. You know, I didn't talk to them that much because, you know, it, it cost a lot um, to make those phone calls. But I did talk to my wife. I talked to her a lot. She was my girlfriend during that time period. And we only known each other for like two weeks. But we clicked so well together. She was just like she stayed with me during this whole time, the whole process. She even what was she um, doing? What was she doing while you were getting like? What was um, she doing? So my wife, my wife is in the navy. Uh, she's uh, she was in the navy. She's retired now. Um, she's medically retired now. And you know, th- yeah, she was in the navy during that time period. And she actually had one child during that time period, um, which was her daughter, uh, Layla. That's not my biological daughter. That's my um, but nah, that's my baby. Your kid, you raised her. Yeah, that, that, oh, I've I raised her since she was two right. months old, bro. That that's that's, that's my baby. So, you know, I'm dad, but it was just crazy how she stuck with me through the whole process. Like she was there through the whole process. She put money on my books. She down. brought she brought my mom. You know, she brought my mom to come and visit me. Uh, she brought Layla to come and visit me. And this is from a woman that's only known me for like two weeks, bro. She's doing all this and she's only known me for two weeks. And I'm sitting there like, damn, this is fucking crazy. You know, we writing back and forth every day, getting letters and shit. But those were those times in jail and county. I was only in county for like two months. And then after that, they, they transitioned. I got transferred. Uh, transferred. They transferred me. All, bro, I got pushed all the way to Mississippi. So I was in, I was in Yazoo City. Uh, my last month, my last 30 days, I got shipped out to Yazoo City. So if you want to be real, in my lifetime, I went from Santa Rosa County. I went down to Tallahassee. 
I got transferred down to Tallahassee. I stayed there for like a couple of days. And after Tallahassee, I went to some fucking prison in some penitentiary in fucking Atlanta. Never again. That right there, I don't understand how men, women, who, who the fuck, I don't understand how people like going back to jail. Being locked down 22 hours out of the day, bro. 22 hours out of the day, you're in your fucking cell. Never again. I got lucky to be locked up in that in my cell with the person that I got transferred with, which was a, he was a black Cuban, a black guy, real cool. He was old as shit, bro. He's probably like 55 years old. And all he did yeah, was what did he do? Um, smoking, doing cocaine and shit. He was old, bro. He was just in there for old shit, you know, whatever. He didn't really do nothing too much major. He's just being old and being, um, um, like trespass. Was it trespassing? Trespassing. Or, yeah. I think he got caught for, um, just got in trouble for, um, trespassing it was like band like doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing but real cool old dude man he taught me a lot he taught me how to play a lot of card games he taught you how to um, play cards. you know what i'm saying he you know he tried to teach me how to play um what was it was it chess yeah, yeah i didn't get the concept of that so i was sitting there like now nah, i'm good on that oh was it, no not chess it was a checkers which one is it i think it's probably chess it's probably chess because checkers is chess. easy yeah, yeah, chess. There you go, chess. Yes. So, you know, I didn't I didn't really get the concept of that. But I got blessed to be locked up with that man in the penitent um being locked up in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And I say that because I went through some shit that I never think I would want nobody to go through. You know, you walking into a facility full of nothing but men and you only got two hours to wash your damn balls and your shit. You got two hours to get on the computer. You got two hours to, two hours to go into the wreck. I wanted to wash my nuts because I haven't took a shower. You know, I've just been sitting here, you know, taking little whole baths and shit on the, on the um, shit. Because you got to realize, yes, niggas in jail, they do fucking look at you and shit, bro. And I, yes, I can say I've experienced that. I can tell motherfuckers like, yes, niggas do that shit in fucking jail, bro. They literally sit up there on the fucking second floor and they'll watch you while you're taking a whole shower, bro. I took showers with my fucking boxes on and shit, bro. So it was like, it's like, you know, life experience, like I said. But like, when I got locked up in Atlanta, it that was a whole different experience. You know, I went from being the fifth person in line quickly to the two the 200, 200 person, bro. Mm. Oh, I'm holding this spot for homeboy right here, bro. I'm holding this spot. I don't want no problem. Yeah, I got that shit, bro. I told my um my cellmate, I was like, yo, I'm finna go upstairs and wash myself up, bro. He was like, yeah, you good, man. Just put a sock on the door so I know that you're in there. He said, you're good. So, um, you know, I did that for like the first five days, bro. And then after that, I got transferred to um, I got put in transfer um transfer again. I went to Pittsburgh. I fucking flew a plane to Pittsburgh. Why are they transferring you so many times? What are they just to be doing it? Just to f with you? I couldn't tell you, bro. I don't. There was there was no reason for me to be transferred. I should have spent the rest of my my three months where I was at in Santa Rosa County. But I literally got transferred, and I literally just went around the fucking world just to get to Mississippi. I went to Pittsburgh. I never forget it because they had us in these paper cloth blue um these paper cloth blue on um, rain suits because it was pouring down raining. They had no fucking hoods on them. We walking around soaking down with see-through with boxes on. Never forget this shit. We're fucking handcuffed legs and feet. Walking to a damn bus. Um, we get to the bus. We get to the fucking facility. The next thing you know, I get put in transit again, and um, I'm on my way to fucking Mississippi. And I got put in the camp. So the camp is like a – it's like, like just how it is. It's a camp. You know, you're, uh, you're basically – 
you can you're free to roam around a lot more than being in the medium and a high. I mean the low. So like the, they got a camp, low, medium, and high. Highs from the motherfuckers that you know you can't get no type of no type of breaks. You you in the medium, you know you got your and then you got your load. And camp is like you get a job, you know you you go to work, you come back, uh, you got workout gear there. Like I I I tell you this, you know. I've experienced some shit going through with that, and I appreciate those experiences that I went through because it it brought light to a lot of shit that I can tell my kids like, nah, bro, you don't really want to go down that route, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been down that route. My dad can't tell me nothing like that because my dad, I don't, my dad's never really been in no type of trouble like that. From what I've heard, my dad was like, yeah, my dad. They said my dad walked around beating motherfuckers' ass and shit, but. They said my dad was a real hardcore football player. Mm-hmm. So he was strictly in the sports. I don't know if my dad ever smoked a drink, but they say he was strictly in the sports. Would you would you say that you really just needed someone to talk to you? Because at the time, the darkest yep. time of your life, your mom, she has cancer. You you're not playing sports, like you don't want to be in Pensacola. Pensacola is a hard city, man. I don't care what anybody says. Like yep. when you're in Florida and you in that that part of Florida and you ain't and you ain't either a millionaire or retired. Yep. It's trouble, man. It's trouble, and it's so easy to get in trouble in Florida. Because yep. everybody's with it. Everybody's Everybody. with it for everything. Everybody's with it. Everybody, nobody cares. It's and it don't matter what color you are. Everybody's with it. They don't care if you friends, your brother. They don't care about that shit, bro. It got people out like a lot of my classmates I grew up with here. They didn't kill each other. I I I got two homeboys, three homeboys in in jail for life right now, because they killed somebody. And I'm like, y'all, y'all, they could have been great. Like when I tell you those were, it's we don't get exposure. Mm-hmm. So when we don't get exposure, it leaves the kids that that are really good at their sports. It leads them into a bad a bad path in their life especially you got to realize they're growing up in the hood and in these fucking apartments these gated up apartments they're growing up there so all they're really seeing every day is drugs this down the third and you got coaches out here that don't care so when they don't care they're not going to really you know put no effort they only put effort into like one person i feel you know and that's like that's that was trent you know trent was the glory you know they did everything everything for that man like great football player real great but they also had a lot of other talent on that on that field that that should have that we also should be talking about to this day, and they shouldn't be where they're at right now. Do you feel like when you're when you're in, when you're in jail, right? Because you go some jail prison, mm-hmm. are you telling them like when they're asking you where you're from and you have to explain, and they're probably wondering like, man, this dude's traveled the whole world and he got here. Do you ever have those situations where the old heads are like, nigga, you have lived a good life. What are you doing here? What's that like? Give oh, me- I. I that's one reason why I won't go back. When I first got locked up, uh, I skipped over this part, but when I first got locked up, there was a dude, I don't know, I don't remember his name, but his face, I can never forget. The first thing he told me when I left that county jail in Santa Rosa, he said, if I ever see you back in here, I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. That's a big ass nigga, bro. That nigga was big, bro. He was about six, eight, bro. That was a big ass nigga, bro. Big ass nigga. So when he said that, I looked at him, I was like, Oh no, you ain't gonna see me in here no more, bro. I said this is a one time. <laughs> I said I ain't. I said I ain't like y'all niggas. I said I don't even understand why y'all like to come back in this motherfucker, bro. What What is in here? It's nothing but a bunch of men in here, bro. 
and nasty ass fucking police women. What? Like, <laughs> well, like, what all right, doing? all right. Say that. Say this, right? So you're definitely gonna raise your kids different. Did you ever, when you sat there, were you ever just wondering, asking, like, man, I need? Even though your parents weren't like that, did you really ask yourself, like, yo, I really needed somebody to just say something to me? Honestly, bro, the way I was brought up, um, I brought brought up being rough, you know, not having to think about the emotional part. That's right. that's that was the difficult part with me and my wife. I don't. It's hard for me to tackle my emotions because yeah. I didn't grow up with the emotion part. I didn't grow up crying a lot. I didn't grow up, you know. I get a bruise and I'm gonna go cry. Go tell my mom. I, need to, I didn't grow up like that. I was growing up to like you better wipe that shit off and keep the fucking moving. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna tolerate that shit. So when it comes to shit like that, I don't. It's hard for me to tackle. But when it comes to like my kids, mm-hmm. I, I'm all there because. What we as parents, you know, we're supposed to basically give our children what we didn't receive. And my, I didn't receive the emotion and the sit down talks and trying to explain certain things. You know, this is the wrong thing to do. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. You know, that's things I can sit there and tell my kids now that they're growing up. I can explain those things to them because I didn't get that. I was more so, you know, all right, you get in trouble. I'm going to whoop your ass. Don't do that shit no more. It's not really, no, this is why you shouldn't do that. You know, try doing this, going a different route. You know, if you have some type of problem, come and talk to me. I didn't get that because one, like I said, my dad, military, gone a lot. My mom, nothing really too much my mom could say to me. My mom would literally, um, when we was in Atlanta, I had male issues. My mom would literally tell me to go talk to my uncle. Mm. Go Go talk to your uncle. I can't help you with that. Go talk to your uncle. So when I'm sitting there talking to them, I'm already on, you're not my dad and you ain't really seen my shit before. So now I got to show you my shit and now I'm uncomfortable, but my shit, my shit, there's something going on with my shit. So when I sit there and I explain it to him, he's like, okay, you know, it's just, you're, you're just growing. You know, you're, I didn't understand what the hell was going on because my dad was gone all the time mm. and not having my dad there to explain these types of things to me um, was kind of difficult, but I can't say that I'm not, um, I'm grateful for, you know, my mom's brothers for, you know, showing me, but at the same time, it's like, damn, pops ain't there for the emotional part. So when it came to shit like motion, I just left it here. It's just here. So, don't really go well. so walk me through, you get out of jail, your girl picks you up. What's that like? What's that like? Because I know what it's like, like, but I mean, <laughs> she has a baby now, right? Yeah. Baby's what, two months? So when she when she came to get me, I think Layla was about five, six, was she about five or six months? Five, six, seven. Ah, when did I get out? Cause I got. Oh, okay. Matter of fact, I got locked up 2011 October 25th. Never forget, I got locked up that day, and I got out early December 26th. I was trying to get out um, before. Oh, it was, it was the 24th. I got out before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So when I got out, you know, I was trying to get the good behavior because I wasn't trying to sit in that bitch, bro. You know, you know, I was trying not to get in no fights. I'm not going to say I didn't. I did get in. I did get into a fight. I did. Because I, it was a uh, <laughs> don't. I'm not no no punk. Like, don't 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 try me with that shit. I, don't, I really don't give a fuck who you are inside of this damn jail cell. And that's exactly what I told her, dude. I don't I don't care who you are. You're not going to talk to me like mm-hmm. you're not going to talk to me like that. So, um, um, yo, 
Hey, can I go piss real quick? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> can I go piss? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, man, change clothes. <laughs> hell no, nah, hell no, nah, it's hot, man. It's a little hot. But um, but how it was like when I um, when I got out though, it was that that was a very special moment because I got out before Christmas. Okay. My mom didn't know I wasn't my mom didn't know I was getting out. I was my mom's birthday good. Um my wife, uh girlfriend during the time period, she she literally when I told her I was getting out, that was like the the hardest thing right there because getting to the they forgot us in Mississippi. They forgot to come and get us. They for, they didn't know that we were supposed to be leaving. Mm. So they had to have a bus come back and get us to take us to, um, what was that shit called? Uh, da, 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 um, the halfway house? No, nah, not the halfway house. The, um, what's the bus? The fucking bus with the dog. Yeah, you go to Greyhound. So they had to rush and come back to get us to take us to the Greyhound. We, all, we was literally, we almost did not make it. No, actually, we didn't make it. The guy didn't pull off, which was lucky. Mm -hmm. So since the guy didn't pull off, we was able to get on the bus. And when we finally got on the bus, you know, I, I, um, I called uh, called my wife and I told her, I said, yeah, I'm going to get out. I'm out. Like, I'm on my way home. I'm on the bus now. So me and the guys that were on that literally just got out, we rode the bus together. There was a dude over there. He was like, yo, we're sitting on the ground. He was like, which one of y'all drink? So we all turned around and looked at him because we all just got out. We all looked at him. He said, which one of y'all drink? He said, I got some Budweiser back here. So I told him to throw me a Budweiser. <laughs> we all sitting in the back. Hey, look, I'm fresh out. I'm getting a drink. I'm like, yeah, yeah, man. We go ahead and get one of these. So I'm drinking. By the time I got to my wife, bro, I was drunk. <laughs> I was drunk. I was like seven, eight beers in, bro. We was back. Because, like, every stop we had, dude was like, all right, I'm going to buy the first pack. I was like, all right, next stop. I said, I get the next pack. Dude was like, all right, I get the next pack. So we like, we always bought packs every time we stopped. We was fucked up. Um, <laughs> we was fucked up. They were, uh, I'll never forget, they were sitting there trying to flirt with the old ass woman in the back. Like, she was old as shit, bro. They was in there to flirt with her and shit. I was like, yo, y'all look nasty, bro. And I was sitting there like, you know, I had my phone because I had all my stuff. I'm sitting there texting, my, you know, telling my wife and everything. Like, these motherfuckers nasty and shit. So we had a delay and mobile and i told we had a two-hour delay and i told my wife i said yo we got a two-hour delay in mobile bro i said i ain't gonna make it home she was like i'm on my way <laughs> she grabbed layla and she grabbed her um one of her really good friends still to this day they both came to, all three of them came to pick me up bro by the time i got in that car bro ah she had to help me get to the car i was fucked up i couldn't walk straight i couldn't hold nothing i got in that car and, you know, she was really happy to see me. But I ended up passing out, laying on Layla um, car seat. I passed the fuck out. <laughs> I went to sleep on Layla car seat, so I fell asleep the whole ride home. Uh, and we basically had to hold, you know, hold out. Uh, I had to sneak and get my other phone because my other phone was at my mom's house, my mom and my dad's house. And I had told Don, I was like, yo, okay, said, I said, ask um, Didi to get my phone and give it to you. So my dad already put two and two together. My dad was like, okay, there's no reason this phone should be gone. He was like, Pernell out. He had already figured that I was already out. Nobody knew, but my dad figured it out. So I ended up having my phone and Christmas came. I ended up coming through the house. You know, my mom was like, I said, hey, mom, 
And she turned around, she screamed. I'll never forget, man. That was probably like my mama screamed. I never heard my mama scream that loud. She was crying. My mama gave me the biggest hug in the world. You know, that was something very special to me because I've never gotten a hug that big in my damn life. That was a big ass uh -huh. hug, bro. So it was very special. And it, it let me know my mom didn't miss me. And you know, I did miss my mom. I miss my mom too. Uh, especially since, you know, she was going through, you know, her cancer and everything. Cause my mom had bone cancer. Mm. So she, um, you know, she, she, she came through, she's good now. She didn't beat it. Um, you know, she still goes back and every, you know, every now and then to get, you know, checked out. What, but, um, walk me through what's it like as your wife in the military, her, her boyfriend at the time, uh, would it be, would, you, would it be considered a felon? Would you be considered a felon? Uh, yeah, I was actually considered a felon. Um, she actually had to get your record. She actually had to. Yeah, she she didn't not drop any rank or anything, but she couldn't get any passes. Like she couldn't get no security because of my security record. Security clearance. Yeah, so you know, and like the type the the woman she is, she had a she had what's the crypto the the people that do the currency. Yeah, yeah, she had an opportunity to do that, but she chose to stay with me instead of doing that so what does that feel like as a man knowing that your wife man, made up a part of her career you know just to that's great man i i um you know you i told feel her bad in a while because it's hard for felons to get jobs and stuff like that how was the bro i couldn't find actually i actually found a job i actually found a great job um i love animals so yeah mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm a very nature you know a nature person i love i love animals and I actually worked at a kennel that was connected with a vet, um, with a vet, with a vet, yeah, veterinary, and she owned both of those facilities. So you know, she she took care of the kennel, on the animals in the kennel, and you know, if anything got anybody got sick, she took care of them over there on the other end. So being able to get that job and work there was probably the best job, one of the best jobs I ever had in my life. I got a chance to see every dog known to man, little, big, medium furry ball like i seen every dog and i always had my favorite dogs that i had a chance to play with outside um especially pit bulls i seen every color pit bull that was known to man in there i i was in dog heaven um so it wasn't really too much hard for me to find a job uh i actually had a good job my probation officer actually helped me get that job oh wow i it had a really like when you told her you were so so your wife tells you like yo i can't can she get? She can't get promoted, but she just lost her clearance. She can't get security clearance. Well, I um I also think another part fell into that is because of her daughter also, because then she would have had to give up rights and everything, um, mm. going away, going to certain to schools and everything. And she, the woman, she she can't be away from her children too much long. You know, being away from them, hell, taking them to my mama's house and let them stand over the night just for the night, she'd be like, I'm ready to go get my kids right now. And I'm like, bruh, my nigga. Shit. But she, um, I. That's a lot on her, though. That's a lot on her. You know, like they're think about it, you, sir. You know, she's dating this dude. He's met two weeks, then he gets locked up. Then she has a baby. Like she went through some dark times as well. So. Oh yeah. What was the the darkest part of the relationship? What was that lowest part of the relationship where you realized like I gotta marry this woman? What was that moment like? Um, marrying her. I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you. I don't lie on my relationship. Marrying her was one of the best things in my life. I'm not gonna lie to you. That was one of the best things in my life. Because not only I, I married, it took us a while to get to where we're at now, but um, realizing how far we came 
and you know the people we were when we first started talking to where we are now I'm just like I can't see myself going through what nobody else with what we went through um we went through some dark times during that time period because of how I had to transition myself from being locked up to coming back into the to the real world you know and especially you know finding work and making sure that I'm making ends meet to make sure you're happy and everything make sure Layla's okay too so it's like that it was difficult bro it was difficult on both of us but every, you know like beginning relationships are never too easy sometimes depending on the people I um I was still one of those we wasn't married but we were together but I'm still like uh, I'm gonna go talk to her too and I'm gonna go talk to her too and I'm gonna go do this too I was still in that that mode from where I before I got locked up yes I knew me and her you know we were talking but she was still with her baby daddy during that time period okay and you know yes we were talking um we never really we didn't do we didn't you know no intercourse or anything we were just real chill good you know we were friends at first um and then, um, you know, one thing led another with her baby daddy, and then one thing led another with both of us. So, and then we've been stuck ever since. But, like, we were friends before anything ever really happened. That's why, like, I can't see myself with nobody else because of what she did for me as a friend in the beginning. Okay, now I see what it was. She was holding down a friend. She was holding down, actually, I'm going to say a friend. Slash, she called me her scooch, bro. What the freak? Uh, bro, it's it's some little it's some little phrase the the females had in her little in her little area, bro. They had their little their little scooches, whatever the fuck they call them, the little men's they mess with on the side and shit. A scooch. So basically, I was a side nigga. Bro. You, were, you were on the side. You were that jail that jail stud. <laughs> That's exactly what I was, bro. So Man. how long how long do y'all date before you get married? Before you get engaged? What's that like? What's it like finding a ring? What's that like? We were um probably together for about. Yeah, you waste no time. Now, now we didn't waste any time because, like, she had got she ended up getting pregnant with my oldest son, mm. and when she ended up getting pregnant with him, it was like, okay, now shit, now we really got to figure out what the hell. Like, we yeah, we want to be with each other, but it's like now we got to take that step further because I don't want to be like I don't want to be a baby father. Like, I'm not with the I don't want no baby mama. I'm not with that shit. I don't like the baby mama drama or none of that. I don't want any of that. You know, the woman that I have my child with, that's the woman that I'm going to be with. And that's what I always, that's what I told her. So it was very difficult to marry her because her mom didn't want me to marry her first. Mm. You know, I didn't have anything going for myself, bro. I was just a nigga fresh out of jail, bro. I had no goals. I didn't know what to do. I was just like, like breathing her air mm. for a while until... We ended up getting married. Uh, we got married uh, 2013, um, um, February. We ended up getting married because uh, she ended up moving to Virginia. She had orders for Virginia. So we ended up getting married at the courthouse, went to Virginia, and that's when I found a hobby, working on cars. Wow. So, you know, I had to, I had to basically prove myself to her mother in a way for her to accept me because her mom did not want to marry me, bro. She didn't like her mom sat me down downstairs and she was like, no smiling. And her, she has a, a very strong mother, very strong. And like her mother intimidated me a little bit the way she was talking to me. I'm saying like, but I'm still going to marry your daughter. Like, 
I'm still gonna marry your daughter. You can't. You're not gonna tell me. I ain't gonna marry your daughter. We ended up getting married. Um, we ended up moving. I found my hobby with cars because my son, Josiah, for some odd reason, took interest in freaking cars. So, and we always started having car issues. And I was like, you know what? There you go. I can work on cars because I'm tired of paying thousand dollars just for somebody to change some fucking tires or change some brakes mm -hmm. or you know you know you got some people paying two hundred dollars just to change some oil i'm saying like that shit doesn't even cost that much to fucking get at the store to change yourself right. so i took the trade on myself uh i didn't learn much at the school that i went to worst school i've ever went to i didn't learn anything at all at that school um i had teachers that would rather read through the book and tell us to go into the lab and figure shit out or have the students that do know how to work on cars to teach us something on their car while they're in the office eating and shit. I actually, I still have videos from that shit from, we didn't do shit in any of those. I didn't learn anything there. I learned more from- Experience. Experience with the two, the two people that I became friends with at that school. Uh, one of the guys, he actually ended up getting a job. Uh, he, we all ended up quitting the school at the same time. He ended, he ended up getting it because we got fucked over really bad, bro. Like, we had an exam to take, and my homeboy was having a baby during that time when the exam was coming. He asked the teacher, you know, can I take the exam early or can I come, you know, after because my baby is going to be born the exact day of the of, of the exam. The teacher told him no. The teacher said, if you don't come that day, you're not, you, you just fed him. Mm. Meanwhile, you literally just let the security guard take the damn test two weeks ago before he went on fucking vacation. So why did why why didn't he get the same the same privilege? He went on vacation. This man got a whole child finna be born. So and we already felt like we wasn't getting no you know shit done in the school anyway. So we ended up um all leaving. And he ended up finding a job at a um at an auto shop. He ended up getting me the job at the auto shop. And then later on we ended up getting my other homeboy out. So all three of us started ended up working together at the shop. I like, you know, although we are not, you know, friends now, I still would never take away from what he ever taught me. He taught me so much with cars, I would never take that away from him. Wow. Um, but, you know, life moves on, you know, shit happens in life and, you know, shit just basically happens. But I will never take what he showed me to do with a car because now I go outside and fuck around this car right now, take it apart, and I know exactly how to put it back together. So we... So we're in 2000. We got a car. We're working on cars. We're doing that. So what we do when just when your when son when your son is born? What's that like when you're holding them? When you, what type of birth does your wife have? Oh, uh, she had a. How does it change you though? I know I know your your you know that your first daughter is yours. But what's it like holding your son for the first time? What's it like knowing like yo, I'm gonna make sure that I'm gonna speak to you. I'm gonna make sure that I change the change the way that I was raised with you. What's that like? That holding Josiah for the first time was a was a shock. Mm -hmm. um, actually, watching her give birth was a was a shock. You know, you hear the stories of how men pass out and you know they can't take this and they can't take right. that. My brother-in-law passed out when my older sister gave birth to my niece. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big nigga. I was sitting like, damn, his big ass passed out, bro. I ain't ready for that shit, though. I said I ain't ready for that shit. But when time came and you know, I'm sitting there holding her hand. My hand about to fucking break. You know, she didn't do no epidural or nothing. It's just straight, you know, she went straight with it. All all her kids are born natural. Wow. So, you know, I'm holding her hand. My finger's fucking crackling and about to break. 
and I was in here helping her push and you know best moment of my life bro I wouldn't take ex that experience away from nobody I think everybody should at least try to stay awake during that you know during that part. <laughs> watching watching the birth watching the, I actually I actually um recorded it well, that, that's another that's another story but we're on Josiah but yeah with Josiah um holding him for the first time it was different from holding Layla and holding my niece you know those are the first one yeah and it's like mine I'm sitting like yo I'm really holding my child like yeah. damn and I'm saying like I don't know what to fucking do my dad didn't even believe my wife was pregnant at first. He was like, she ain't damn pregnant. I don't believe that damn shit. He was like, I don't believe no motherfucking, oh, no damn birth, no damn birth shit. When she started, when she started showing, then, then, then we damn talk. And I was sitting there like, man, this nigga just, shit, just fucking ruthless. Like, God damn. You know, because I was actually, like I said, you know, just fresh getting out of jail. I had to stay with my parents during this time period because I, I was banned from base. So I couldn't stay on base. Um. But you know, all the base thing got lifted once we move and everything. Once we move that all that all that shit got lifted. What what's the difference the way you raise your child now compared to how you were raised? What's the time when your son gets upset? How do you sit down there and talk to him? What's it like when you can have deep honestly, talk with you? Yeah, go ahead. Honestly, it took me a while to sit down and talk with my son. Um a lot of people don't realize when you have your own children, you tend to revert back to how you grew up. Mm -hmm. You know, the teachings that your parents did to you and you want to embrace that same shit into your children. But at the same time, it took me forever to talk to my son. Um, when he was born, best friend, bro, he didn't really do anything. So shit, I'm sitting around holding him in my lap, playing the fucking game and shit. Um, I, Josiah got held everywhere, bro. I held Josiah everywhere we went. Um, I, all my pictures I got with him, I'm holding him. And I didn't realize how much I held that damn boy. But um, um, he um, it was a, it was an experience, bro. It was way different from Layla because I actually I couldn't hold Layla the way I hold. I got a chance to hold my son. Layla was, yes, she Layla was technically my daughter, but. My wife during that time, she's seen, she's like, you know, I'm not, I don't want her to really get like attached to you that, you know, like that. It's like a trial like, period. Right, right yeah. yeah. You know, so because, you know, yes, we're freshly, we only known each other not even that long. We're freshly married. We're just basically just going straight into this shit, straight raw. You know, no counseling, not speaking to nobody. Mm. We just went straight raw with it. And, you know, we experienced life for ourselves without having to talk to anybody about, what we should do in our uh, in our marriage because nobody can really tell you what you can do in your marriage you know it's your marriage you know you go through your experiences um with your spouse you're not going through the experience with somebody else's spouse so what we went through together we dealt with that with each other um you know hard times when we did go through stuff you know we spoke i spoke with my parents but coming to realization speaking to your parents is not really the best you know the best thing to do sometimes because you're not really, like, like I said, me and my dad did not have that emotional attachment. So when I tried to speak with him on certain things, he's like, well, son, you might want to go talk to a counselor. I'm like, I'm, I'm talking to you, though. And I'm saying, like, he's like, I can't really, 
you know, like give you nothing, you know, talk to your wife. And I'm saying like, I never understood the words, talk to your wife. Never understood that shit. I understand it now. Anytime me and her have a problem, we talk. It's it's better. Oh my bad. Go ahead. How how's your how does your son's relationship change with his your dad? My um. How's he as a granddad? My chip, like as my as my dad is being as strong as he is. I'm gonna say strong because my dad's a very strong man. He intimidated my the them a little bit. You know, my dad's voice is very strong. When he talks, it, it it literally probably put a little bit of fear in them. Like I, ain't, I ain't finna go fool with him, bro. Like I'm not finna go mess with him. My youngest son is just now starting to talk to my dad. My dad just told my wife yesterday, I am happy. Like he's happy as shit, and I don't get it. I don't, I don't see that emotion apart from my dad. My dad won't sit down and talk to me about that shit. He'll talk to my wife about anything, like emotional stuff. He'll talk to her. He'd be like, uh, I'm like Pernell this, Pernell that. I love how Pernell's doing this with his kids. You know, Pernell, my dad won't sit down and tell me that. I don't know why, but I get all that information from her. I got a question, right? Let's say this, right? Say you got, what type of phone? You got an iPhone, right? You got an iPhone. Yeah. Why don't you sit down with your pops and have one of those those talks? Y'all grown men now. Yeah, I've tried even though, that. Even though it's hard, even though it's hard, have your son there. It. Still. I've tried that. Not I've tried that this year, bro. It's uh, it's it's a. Uh, it's the way he was raised. It's just him. I and I, you know, like you say, like well, like anybody says, you know, older people, they're they're already set in their ways. You're right. And it's kind of hard to change, you know, somebody that's already set in their ways. You know, you've been like this through since you were hell. You probably been like this before I was even born. Mm -hmm. There's no telling what happened to you, you know, during your military lifestyle. I don't know any of that. I can't even really tell you what my dad did with his job. Because I didn't, that wasn't something that I wanted to know. I was, I want to go outside and play. I want to go fuck some shit up. You know, I want to go, I want to go play. I'm not, uh, dad, what do you do for your job? You know, what, what do you do? I knew my dad was good at computers. My dad could break a computer down, put that bitch back together like it was nothing. So your wife is really the bridge for y'all two? Yes. She's the bridge for y'all to, 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 to like connect and stuff like that. Yeah, I connect mainly everything through, through her. You know, like that's my, 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 know that. my That's, my that's dad, good right? that your pop is telling you, telling her though, like I'm proud of him, you know, at least you're getting that thing, it's just second hand. Yeah, you know, and I, like I said, I take it, you know. Mm -hmm. It's sometimes I be feeling like he wants to say it, but I know he wants to say it. I'm actually, I'm still, I'm just waiting on it. Um, I'm what happens if you hug him from behind? What would he do? You think he'll swing? Oh, nah, man. I hug my dad all the time. Like, we, like my dad's not a, we do like a little side hug, but my dad's more of a shake my hand fit. We got a handshake and shit. So, you know, he likes the handshake because me and my kids have handshakes. I do a hand, me and my, we all got our own little handshake. Um, And my dad's like, I, I like that. So he's like, you know. We're going to do all of our own little handshake. My dad's trying to be, like, more goofy, man. You know, you see pictures of my dad. I post. Yeah. It seemed like I got my dad to put a fucking mask on yesterday. My <laughs> like, I've never seen a goofy side of my dad. And seeing that, it, it brings joy to me. It feels like, you know, we have a – because I'm a goofy person, very playful. And my dad's the total opposite. And seeing how my dad is starting to laugh and I see a smile a lot more, you know, 
actually seeing him being feeling like he's breathing, you know, he's loosened up a little bit. It it makes me happy. But I just wish you'd stop telling her and tell me. So my my this old man, I was at a funeral. This old man said the most player old school advice he gave to me. He goes, he goes, your family knows who you are, but your friends know who you is. So you know, to him, you're to him. That's who that's who he is to y'all. That's who he are. That, that's what you are, right? But I bet his friends. If you ever sat down with his friends, his friends will probably tell you, "I'm so proud of Pernell. Pernell turned his life around." Whoop de whoop de whoop da 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 da. Yep, that's how but it to is. You, bro. But to you, I'm dad. I'm this tough. I'm this. I'm this. I'm that. But his friends know who he is. They know how they really feel. They're from that era. That era of stuff like that. Because your dad doesn't know you. Nah, he just knows for the trouble that I've caused. Right, they know the trouble, but they don't know like how your mind was and how you were really, you know, crying out for help, but you really didn't get it at the time, you know. Yeah. So what? Yeah, so so you have you have Joe. Then the, what does she? Your wife tells you like I'm pregnant again. You keep shooting the club up. What does she say? Huh? Yeah, Josiah. Oh, you, you said huh? You said more babies. How you? How you? You didn't. You only named two babies. Oh, I thought you was adding extra kids to the fold. No, I see. We only got two right now. I'm oh, just finishing the rest of the about, story. Man, God, <laughs> boy, I'm about to say, ain't no more kids coming over here, bro. What's the? But, you uh, know? I I birthed Phoenix. Um, he pulled that, her. Out? That was yeah. I I birthed her. Um, when uh when we found out she was pregnant with Phoenix, we was you know, um she was born in Virginia. Huh? So when we found out when she was pregnant with her, um. Like I said, you know, you go through the pregnant hormones, the emotions, all that. Same thing over and over again, just like the first child. Except this time it's a little girl, moves is a little different. So when she was born, um, matter of fact, well, I never forget it. We I took her to the hospital and she sent her telling the, you know, the nurses, I have to, I gotta push. And they're telling her you're not dilated enough for you to push. Mm. And she's like, I have to push. And like, she was looking at me like, I got to fucking push. And I'm like, all right, push. I said, push. So she pushed and I told her, I said, I got you. So the doctors, like, no bullshit. The doctors, everybody's just standing over there by the, uh, just standing, over, standing away. Nobody's nowhere near the table. And she pushed. Phoenix came right on up. I had to catch her. I caught her. So when I caught her, I was sitting there like, Yo, I just really just birthed my own child. But at the same time, it's like the the adrenaline rush I had, bro, I, I didn't even know what the hell to do in that damn moment, bro. The nurses and everybody came the over there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I mean, I cut the cord and everything. You know, I cut the cord with all the children. But when it was just an experience that I actually have to, I actually had to catch my child from being born while the doctor stood over there not listening to my wife telling, telling them that she has to push. So that that was an experience for me. Um, birthing actually having to birth her. Where did it, where did the name Phoenix come from? Are you watching X Men or something? Nah, man. Um, <laughs> actually, to be honest with you, um, I didn't get it. I didn't get a chance to name Josiah. Mm. Everybody kind of named Josiah, um, and the name the name just stuck. You know, I, I just, I, everybody just kept saying Josiah. I'm sitting there like, you know, fuck it. It's all, he got one of my middle names. 
So as long as he has a part of me, I was fine with that. But I, I just did not know what I wanted to name him. You know, I didn't know if I wanted to name him after my, after me because he's my firstborn or give him a different name so he could have his own identity. And those are the things that I, ta- I thought about during that. Um, but Phoenix, um, my niece's name is Raven. Mm. So I was like, we got to have another bird. And I got a chance to name her. I named this child. So I could name her any name that I wanted. And I was sitting there like, I need a P name because I don't want to name her Pernella. I said, that's just ain't, that's the thing you don't found, right? I said, Pernella just don't work. So I'm sitting there thinking, I'm just thinking, I'm like, I like, because I watch a lot of anime. Um, anime is just, that's just a part of me. And I'm sitting there like, Raven. I said, fucking Phoenix. I said, hey, so I told my wife, I said, I got a name. You know, I told her the name. She was like, you know, that might be a really nice name. I said, nah, it is, it's going to be her name. <laughs> nah, I'm naming this child. So and I named Phoenix, her. The Phoenix kind of represents you, how you came out, yeah. how you rose again. Yeah, that's that's my baby, man. Um, she has, her name is Phoenix Linnell Rose. You know, her name, her middle name, her middle name, Linnell, is part of my, my wife's name and my name, um, Pernell and LaDonna. And her middle name, I gave her her middle name, Rose. I think her middle uh, Rose is actually her grandmother's name, too, and I didn't know that. But her name is Phoenix Linnell Rose. So. What's your second son's name? He named after my damn daddy. <laughs> so what's your nah, house? His, his, his name is Tony Purnell, Tony Purnell Solomon. Tony Purnell. He's junior? Did you name him junior? No, nah, he's not a junior. It's, it's not technically a junior because he's named after me and my dad. Okay. So his name, his first name is Tony. His middle name is Purnell, Purnell Solomon. What'd, so your dad not, say? What'd your dad say? I bet he was probably all, oh, that's my man right there. He named him, bro. Oh, your dad, your dad, your dad. My dad literally told me, you don't have, he said, you had your chance with your first child. And I think <laughs> he said because he wasn't able to have another son, you know? So he was like, I'm going to take this advantage and I'm going to name, I'm going to name this child. But little does, like, nobody knows my dad, my niece, my sister's dumb daughter, her middle name is Tony. And so my dad, my dad's name is throughout, throughout the kids. Yeah, Tony, bro. Tony, Tony. <laughs> throughout the kids, man. George Foreman. Yeah, bro. All right. We, we reached a point where it's called, these are the hilltop questions, right? This is how we, we kind of, we kind of just, uh, we answer these questions however you want. Uh, however you want to do it, you can take as long as you want. The first question is, do you believe in God? Yeah, of course, man. Of course. Um, I, um, you know, we all come from somewhere, man. And, you know, there's always there's a higher purpose. Um, I do believe in God. I just, I didn't grow up in the, the church feeling and everything to understand, you know, everything that comes with understanding the Bible and God and everything. I do believe in it, but when it comes to understanding, um, when it comes to understanding, that's, that's where I draw the line at because that's, that's not where I got taught. You know, we did go to church growing up, but after my dad's father passed, my dad, my dad stopped going to church and we all just stopped going. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, that's really where I stand on it. With, with do I believe in God? I do believe in him, but when it comes to understanding, that's that's where my line draws because I actually never took the time to try to understand it with everything that I went through in life. Mm. Uh, when's the last time you had a nightmare? Uh, I can't even tell you the last time I had a dream, big dog. <laughs> uh, what's your biggest fear in life? Um, 
My biggest fear? Yeah. Um, well, I really haven't, I've really never feared too much of anything, but, you know, since I'm a family man, I, I just can't, I just can't see myself without my family. Mm. That, that, that right there is one of my fears. I just not coming home to them. Um, you know, nobody knows their last day. You know, I walk a light foot, bro. So it's like, I go literally to work and I come home. There's no in-betweens or anything. So it's like, that's my biggest fear is not coming home, raising my children. I don't want, I just don't want nobody else raising my children. They're mine. I feel that I need to be there for every step of their way. So I make it like my thing to make sure I come home from point A to point to point B. Like I don't play no games in between. So losing my family is actually one of my fears, not being able to come home to my family. Next question. Do you believe in soulmates? Me yeah, who? Soulmates. Do you believe in soulmates? Soulmates? I mean, I, I got to, man. Look who I met. Right. So I can't sit here and say that it's not there. You know, everybody doesn't. That's what happened between me and her is the ones I, I've never seen nobody else really go through what we went through. Mm -hmm. uh, you just don't meet nobody. You just straight out like, yo, I want to get married. Like, right now. Like, you know. We already talking about being married and everything. It's just like, yeah. I don't know how to explain that shit. It's love, man. You, you could just say yes. <laughs> well, well, you said, well, you said answer the question. So I'm like, well, right. Shit. That's what I, so, I like. I like it open ended. You can answer however you want. Well, I mean, yes, I do believe in love at first sight. Like I said, you know, gotta got make me and my the way me and my wife met. We actually met through her daughter. You know, I walked through the fucking exchange and I see this little baby looking at me with her big ass eyes. Her eyes about this big, bro. She's looking at me. And I'm sitting there like, what the hell is this damn baby looking at? I turn around looking at shit and I waved at it and she smiled at me. I'm sitting there like, oh, I said, baby's little Pete. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I, tell, I, tell, you know, I told my homeboy that because, you know, I, I'm, I'm great with kids and shit. So um, I told my homeboy, I was like, you know, I'm going to go get her number. And I didn't have my phone during that time period. I think, no, either I had, I think it was either dead or I had it. So I was like, yo, let me see your phone real quick. So I used his phone and I ended up walking and she, um, she walked by and I said, I said, I said, you got a beautiful baby. And she said, you know, thank you. And I said, yo, I'm going to get her number. He was like, go ahead, bro. And got up. I ran to her car. She was getting ready to pull off and she stopped and we exchanged them and we've been together since that day. This is the last question. It's, it's a series of questions, right? I'm going to ask, who are you? But I'm going to ask a repeated time. The goal is to go beyond yourself, right? So if I said, who are you to my, if someone said, who are you? I would say, Jared Waters, who are you? I would say, stand-up comic, who are you? Wrestling champion, who are you? Uh, brother, it's like that. The goal is to go beyond what Purnell is. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, who are you? Purnell Lucas. Who are you? I am a college graduate that graduated from Pensacola State Uni uh, Pensacola State College uh, with my HVAC degree, and I actually and I graduated from ECPI with my electrical uh, electric electrical degree. Who are you? Um, I'm a man that likes to play basketball. Who are you? Uh, a man that loves to raise his children. Who are you? A man that loves to be around his wife. Who are you? Um, I'm a friend. Who are you? Um, 
It's all right. It's all right not to complete it. You know, it's, you know, sometimes it's the goal is to go beyond yourself. And when we do this in like seven more years, your, your answer will change. You know, this is my final question before we end this thing. Someone was someone have a book, right? And someone had a book and gave your book to your kids. Right. And the book, who was Pernell Lucas? What would you want them to say about you when it's all said and done? What would I want my children to say about what me? Would you, what would you want your book to say about you? Someone had your book, what would I want my Lucas, book to say about me? your story, so, it's all said and done. What would you like them to say? He was what? What would I like them to say? You know, but, you know, I'm a great person, a nice person to me. Um, you know, a person that, that can sit down and talk with anybody. Uh, he's a family man. He does everything to make sure his family is, you know, well taken care of. You know, you don't ever see me without my family. Um, I make sure, mm, let's see, make sure my kids got clothes on their back. Uh, shit. Um, God damn, bro. That's a hard question. <laughs> because it's like, how, how do you answer? You want some people to, what, what people you want to know about you? And it's like, you know, it's just like, I'm a. That's why we got I'm this podcast. If people want you know, to know I'm what a, they want to know about you. They can listen to this. I'm a, I'm a great father, you know, that's really all I see myself as a great father and a man that provides for his family, honestly. Wow. Um, I don't ever miss a beat with, with my children. Uh, I'm literally everywhere they go, everywhere they go, except for school. You know, anytime we in the house, you know, I take them outside, I go play with them. I'm all about my family because I'm really, that's, that's who I'm, I've been with since I basically got out. I've been with her, you know, I don't really hang out with nobody. So, when it, when it comes to what I want people to know about me, I'm a family man. Mm. Um, I want people to know that there's black love out here. And, you know, I want everybody to know that me and my wife are, you know, prime examples. Mm. You know, you don't have to, just because one thing goes wrong in a relationship, you don't have to end it right then and there. Just talk. So mm. I just want people to know that, you know, I'm just a great person to talk to and, you know, a family man, honestly. And a great brother, you know, to my three sisters, you know. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Pernell Lucas. This is the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. We thank you for your honesty. Thank you for this story. Now this is a time capsule. When your kids are, when they're old, like, man, this is what my dad went through? Dang. That's up, man. They gonna, they get stories, bro. We, um, we actually about to start telling them stories about our life, but in a third person, you know? So like when they, when they get older, you know, remember that story we told you? Right. About about this certain person that did this certain thing, how we told you how they ended up, you know, that's going to be us. Mm -hmm. But in the third person, you know, we're going to start, you know, implementing that stuff. And, you know, because they're getting to the age to where they're starting to see a lot of things. Right. And, you know, Internet is open and shit pops up. You know, my, my daughter, she. One of the smartest, one of the smartest. She's very she's a gifted child. So, you know, when she comes up with us with questions and everything, we got to be prepared, you know, to right. ask, answer her questions, especially in a, in a way where she would understand it. Even though, yes, you're gifted, you're a gifted child, it's still to where we got to make it to where you understand it, not at our level, but at your level. So that's, yeah. Well, look, big dog, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you taking the time. Talk with me. My name is Jared Waters. This is Pernell Lucas. This is the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. Hey, you're live on the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. Say what up to the people. This is when I see black excellence, man. It's Dave Chappelle, Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, 
all sitting at the table. I said, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy, I, said, I just want to say, man, you're the GOAT, man. And you're the coldest nigga that ever walked the face of the earth. You got to break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. And then I said, and I said uh-uh, and I'll be the next Jamar Neighbors. Yeah. And then she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters, and I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.